nchc.tv studios. This is College Hockey Coast to Coast, brought to you by the NCHC and C.TV. Subscribe now for all of the action from the best conference in college hockey. The University of Georgia, building the foundations of something bigger. Go to ugahockey.com to find out how you can be a part of it on and off the ice. Jets Pizza. We're not just pizza. Try our sidekicks, salads, calzones, and more at jetspizza.com. Adrian College. Championship aspirations on the ice and in the classroom. For more information, go to adrianbulldogs.com slash mhockeyd1. Caesars Entertainment Resorts and Casinos from coast to coast and beyond. Wherever you need to be, Caesars has a destination that suits your style. Central Oklahoma University. Go to uclhockey.com to follow the two-time ACEJ M1 National Champions as they look to add that third championship banner to the rafters. The Spaghetti Shack. ASU alumni owned and operated at thespaghettishack.com. University of Mary. Tickets and schedule information. Visit us at goumary.com. The Caesars Sportsbook app, where every play earns you Caesars rewards towards dining, tickets, VIP experiences, and more. Jesse Ray's Barbecue, award-winning barbecue for your next catered event at jessieraysbarbecue.com. College hockey coast-to-coast from the nchc.tv studios is a part of the IceTimeHockeyWest.com network. Here are your hosts, Scott Strandy and Paul Hornstein. All right, welcome in, hockey fans, to another Monday night, another episode, if you will, of College Hockey Coast to Coast. Scott Strandy with you today on the move between Carlsbad and Ontario, California. But right now, I am parked about I don't know, 100 feet from the Pacific Ocean on a little overcast, cloudy night. My co-host, as always, joining me from that big, beautiful, palatial estate, which is now rodent-free, I understand, on Long Island, New York, Paul Hornstein. Paul, the rodents are gone. The servants are still there. Everything going well on the island. Well, I, I don't know what you're talking about in terms of palatial estates. I mean, maybe <laughs> some of them have had a rodent infest, you know, but in in my little shack, um, we had one. It's gone. Okay, cool. I like and to hear you that. Can't re- and you really can't get much more coast to coast than this, can you? No. You're no, literally no. on the beach, and I'm a mile from one. Yeah, I, I can throw a rock to the beach from where I'm at tonight. Um, and I'm I'm making the move up to watch some AHL hockey tomorrow night in Ontario. And then right. Wednesday night, shifting to see the uh, AHL game in Palm Springs. Mostly because there's a Long Island University player, former player, with the Barracuda. One Anthony Vincent. So I thought, you know what? If we're having his coach on tonight, his former coach, why don't I go see him in action when I have a chance here this close? And then, then I'll be making my way to the east and uh, into Colorado and up to uh, Minnesota and then down to St. Louis. And, yeah, it's going to be a big road trip coming up here very, very shortly. So I'm taking advantage of seeing the ocean for the last time in about, uh, I don't know, almost two months. Cry me a river. <laughs> Seriously. Uh, when you when you, when you have to deal with the thirty degrees, then talk to me. Until then, get over it. <laughs> the executive producer told me it was sixty one in Minneapolis, Minnesota today. Really? Yeah. It gonna snow tomorrow, but it was sixty one today. <laughs> That's nuts. 
<laughs> Good Lord, I'm glad I'm out of there. <laughs> Got to tell you. Um, so anyway, uh, we're not going to mess around much because we have uh, the head coach from the Long Island Sharks, Brett Riley, joining us. So um, let's bring them on. Let's talk some Sharks hockey as they prepare to make their way towards Tempe, Arizona. Brett, Scott, and Paul, would you thanks so much for joining us tonight. How are you? How are things on Long Island in your part of Long Island? Hey, guys. Um, hey. Always good to talk hockey with you. First of all, can you can you hear me all right? Yeah, you're probably, you sound better player. than Scott. All right. That's good. That's a good start here. No, it's uh, all good in Long Island. We've been back for a week now. We were actually out in Fairbanks and then Anchorage before that. So we've been well-traveled. It's good to be home. And it will be good when we touch down in Phoenix in uh, two days here. <laughs> Coach, uh, I don't know if you saw, I think you did see my post today, but I'm uh, about 50, uh, maybe 100 feet from the beach here in Carlsbad, California, and I'm wearing the Long Island Sharks t-shirt today. Been wearing it all day. Everybody that I run into has said, what's that? That's cool. Well, that's a that's a good start, and that's appreciated. We've been recognized for having a great logo and uh, color scheme, and now it seems like we go throughout Long Island or, or college hockey, and slowly but surely the logo is getting a little more recognition and, and appreciation, but we still got to keep flying the flag and, and wearing the colors and getting the brand out there. Well, that, that's got to help. That has to help in all facets, right? I mean, it's got to help uh, when you're out on the recruiting trail. And uh, we, we know that stuff matters. It, you know, we don't like to admit it, but we know that stuff matters when you talk to players because they like that kind of stuff. And so do I, to be honest. Yeah, slowly but surely it's, it's coming together. We now have a little... Uh, pop-up shop and apparel store at our home games and the jerseys have flown off the rack and it's nice to see young kids and we had our first summer hockey camp and you know kids in the community wearing the jerseys and recognizing our players and you know I know we talked a few years ago and it was lucky to get a few home games now um, we're starting to build a fan base so it's an exciting time here you know on the island. Brett, before we uh, get into talking about the success you're having and you are having success I have my eyes on you I'll, I'll tell you a little bit about my plans for your team in, in a minute, but um, Anthony Vincent coming back and uh, making a name and letting everybody know that he played at Long Island. And um, I'm so excited to see Anthony play again. I saw him play a few times last year and just, just tell me what he means to your program. You've told this before, but for new listeners, I think they need to hear uh, how important he is uh, to carrying the Long Island flag. Yeah, we, we can't say enough good things about Anthony, although we only had him for one year. What he was able to accomplish was nothing short of outstanding, and that's not just statistically. But Anthony's hockey career after you know a, a great four years at Holy Cross was essentially over with limited to no options. Um, fast forward to a grad year later with us, he was fortunate to just fly uh, from actually our last series at Arizona State to San Jose to join the Barracuda and go from, you know, a Division One hockey player to an American Hockey League player in quick time. And again, you go back a year from then and his career was was done. So he is a willful hockey player. Um, he is the most driven young man I think I've, I've ever coached. He's ultra competitive. We thought we lost him for a season-ending injury. And in Anthony Vincent fashion, he comes back bigger, faster, stronger. I think he's scored in his last two games with multiple points, second star of the night last game. Um, 
So it's no surprise to see what he's doing, but we couldn't be more proud of him. And uh, he was actually back on our campus for the all-star break and he's a favorite in the locker room and just a terrific human being. So I could go on and on, but we're, we're super proud of him. Okay. I'm going to jump in uh, with my prediction for you. I don't know if oh, you boy. saw my firestorm. I started about three weeks ago, but um, in case you don't know, and you probably do, I carry the banner for independent hockey. I think the independents need a voice. I think um, you guys get shortchanged a little bit in the pairwise and last year it was Fairbanks that didn't uh, maybe get in the way they should have. This year it uh, appears to be Arizona State that's going to be the the one that falls short. Um, next year I predict the Long Island Sharks are going to be that team that are challenging for an NCAA at-large bid. I watched you build this program. I'm super impressed with what you've done with the players and everything. Um, so that's my prediction, Brett. Hold hold me hold me to it. Well, I'm uh, certainly humbled, and I appreciate you waving the flag for us independent programs. I mean, I think it's been another strong year for the independent teams as a whole. You see Arizona State in the top 20. Fairbanks is now traditionally really strong every year. Anchorage has made a tremendous jump, and um, we've shown great progress too. So um, I think each program is, is just getting better and better, and it's a testament to the parity in college hockey too. So appreciate those kind words. We were, I think we're, you know, three or four wins away from being kind of a, a top half team. And next year we got to continue to try and win these tight games, but nothing but progress so far. So we're, we're proud and excited and know we got a lot of work to do still. Coach, as, as this season has progressed uh, as a whole, um, you guys are struggling towards uh, in, in December, uh, you know, late November after Thanksgiving in December. Um, but as the calendar turned, so did the fortunes of the team. Uh, was there something that you saw that clicked, or or is it just something that uh, um, you know all of a sudden guys said, "Hey, you know, let's tr- let's we got to win some of these games here that that we're in every night." So yeah, it's it's interesting. I think that you know we're one of the only teams, and these aren't moral victories, but these are measuring sticks. We had a lead on Boston College, I think, two nothing up right. two to one on Quinnipiac in overtime with Omaha in tight games with Colorado college. And we, and even overtime with Vermont and we couldn't win these tight games. And so what was nice about the break, the holiday break, it was our first off weekend. So a little bit of that independent gauntlet, right? Where we were at Lindenwood, we were at Colorado college, we were at Omaha and you could kind of see it on the guy's faces and the staff too. We were tired um, you know, that's not an excuse and no one's going to feel bad for you when they play you. And in fact, they'll take advantage as teams did. But what happened for us is we were able to have a nice break, the players, the staff, we had a, a really good week of practice, hard, competitive. And then Grayson Constable managed to score overtime goals back to back nights against Colgate. And that really, those goals were not just big for kind of wins, but to prove what we could do. We had lost so many tight games. So um, that changed our fortunes a little bit. I think we're 10 and four on the second half here. Um, but that kind of validated all the hard work that the guys didn't to, to my point, sometimes you just need a, a bye week or an off week or a break to reset. And that's what our guys were able to have. Um, especially on defense, you guys are still very, very young and might even get a little younger next year. Um, 
Did would would you say that that was a factor at some point in here too? Sure. Yeah. I mean, we we on the back end uh, have Jordan DeSico, who's been with us, you know, since year one. Outside of that, you know, Peter Mazika is a is a senior, but he'd only played six college games coming from Cornell. So we had you know Valtteri Peronin, who's a great defenseman, and you know will be at an NHL development camp, I'm sure, this summer. Cade Mason, who's probably over 30 points right now back there, but still a sophomore. And then Garrett Volka, a freshman. Um, so we had you know, just kind of learning and I don't want to say growing pains because these guys have done an unbelievable job, but just a very youthful core. And now they've been a true strength of our team. So um, it's we got a lot of seniors in our lineup, but at times, you know, we do feel like a young team with still being a newer program and guys not being on the big stage all the time, but it's been nice to see this team grow and mature. And I'd say going into our last weekend here, this is the most, you know, bought in our team and our culture has been in, you know, the four years we've done it so far. Brett, when I look at the the games that you played, you played a variety of teams from uh, Stonehill, obviously being an independent, being out in your neck of the woods. You mentioned your trips to Alaska. Um, and you also played a team from Canada in Simon Fraser. I saw them play early in the year against Colorado College. What were your thoughts on Simon Fraser? And in your opinion, are they are they ready to be an NCAA team at some point? Um, I I was impressed with them. I think they're well coached. They have good hockey players, just like everyone else. Um, they obviously, I think, a few weeks later, they may have tied BU. I know BU had some guys off to world juniors, but still just to, to be competitive and, and give us all we can handle. And they're a good hockey team. Um, I know they're NCAA and just about every other sport, I think. Um, so if anyone is proof that you can just jump in and start division one hockey, it's probably us, um, with our surprise announcement a few years back, but I, I don't see why not. It would certainly be good for independent hockey. It would be good for, you know, the Alaska schools and, and for us in terms of scheduling and, uh, Mark, their head coach there, has done a phenomenal job of building his brand in the program there. So hopefully they continue to gain traction. Coach, as you, as, as you sit there and, you know, we, we talk a lot about um, the schedules. We, we, you know, we have uh, Rick Zombo on uh, on a fairly regular basis, uh, um, and, and the question comes up that we get asked, are those guys going to get some home games? Now, I know you're, we're still in the middle of this year, but is it safe to say you guys will have a few more home games next year than you did this year? Now we're, you guys have had a chance to get settled in, so to speak. We're trying. Um, you know, it's not always easy, and you have to right. take what you can get as an independent, hence us having no off weekends the first half. and. You know, that's not a complaint. We're just glad to play, but it does take right. its toll on, on the guys. But, um, you know, sometimes you have to take what you can get and go where you can. And uh, I think each year we've increased in home games to some extent. Next year we should be at a 50-50 split. Nice. We've certainly um, learned that, you know, home games are not only nice for, you know, our guys staying put, but, you know, bringing in money versus maybe spending it. Now we've built somewhat of a fan base and it just increases your probability of, of winning. You know, for the most part, we were over 500 in our building this year and um, a little under on the road. So, and just the wear and tear, I think this trip will be our fifth or sixth flight, you know, going out to Arizona. So it wears on you a little bit. We're trying to build home games, but again, we're appreciative to anyone, 
you know, that will schedule us and, and give us games. So it's a hard juggling and, and balancing act. What do you think, Coach, has been the biggest area that uh, has gotten the most improvement um, with your team from the beginning of the season to as we get here towards the end? Um, that's a really good question. I think just um, like we what we walked into rinks, I think maybe a year or two, two years back, kind of starry-eyed at, you know, Baxter Arena or being out, you know, at Ohio State. And it was more happy to be here mentality of this is college hockey. This is pretty cool. To now, I think, you know, our guys expect victory every time they play, whether it was, you know, that tight loss, it's a 3-2 with an empty net goal, I think with the last second against Quinnipiac to, you know, even BC, they're, they're devastated after, you know, those losses, which is exciting to see that the standard is no longer moral victories. Again, I'm, I'm also a progress guy, so I love to right. see where we're at and I have to kind of mix the two together. Um, but I think to answer that question, it's just an expectation that we can win. Um, you know, our power play is clicking in the top 10 or 15. We're very good in the dot. I think we're probably a top five faceoff team. We have some really good centermen. Um, and it's just a general competitiveness that I think when teams play us, maybe their tone has changed a little bit too. But obviously, as you guys know, I think teams one through 64 in college hockey are extremely competitive. And, um, you know, there's been a lot of scores that are living proof of that. Brett, I got a couple of comments on your record. Um, when I look at it, if I've got it correctly off your website, 16, 18, and 1 um, with two games to go, it, it seems to me in my head that, uh, boy, a sweep at Arizona State would get you 18, 18, and 1, and that would have to make the coach pretty happy. Yeah, we would sign on the dotted line for that for sure. Um, I mean, we, we haven't had great success out there so far, so um, – you know, we'll go out there with a little bit different of a mentality, but um, we're we're really excited with the season. That's not just wins and losses. It's where the culture is at, where the school support and backing is, um, you know, where our, our crowds have been and fans and attendance from games on SNY out here and, you know, ESPN Plus. It's There just seems like a lot of growth. And so um, it's been a great year and we're excited for our last series. And then to go to the drawing board and figure out how we can get better again. Okay, so let me follow that up by saying the the last um, dash after the dash anyway is a one, which means you've had one tie. Paul and I talk about it every week. This year, the parity is so strong. I've never seen so many teams in college hockey with ties. And to me, that tells me that there is some massive parity. Is it? Does it feel that way, being a guy that's been in these games every now and then? And how do you come away with just one tie? Well, it's a crazy um, stat in that two years ago, we were the only team that had no games decided in overtime, meaning we had played through three-on-three, three, I think three or four times. To last year, we lost to Arizona State, Northeastern twice, UConn, and Wisconsin in overtime. So it was when we saw three-on-three, three, we weren't uh, thrilled. Um, this year, we were able, again, to, to beat Colgate twice in overtime, uh, we lost to Vermont in three-on-three three and Omaha, and then we skated to a tie with um, Brown. So every night is close. I mean, I think more coaches are probably practicing six-on-five and five-on-six and three-on-three um, three for that matter because you're going to be in a, con a, a contest. And I think Arizona State is that too, just going through their results. They've had, I, I want to say, 15-plus one-goal games. So that's a, a, 
testament to the parody in college hockey right now. Oh, and we can't forget Dartmouth, Coach, because we love to mention the fact that they are 9-9-9. Nine, nine, and nine. We love True. that. Yep, I think, uh, what, two ties with ASU, if I'm yeah, not yeah, mistaken. Yeah, yeah. Um, and, and I, I mean, that's crazy. I, I've never seen a record like that at, at any, you know, at any level. It's just insane. But um, as you sit there, and I know it's early, in terms of next year, um, how many recruits do you look? Does it look like you're going to bring in? And you know, how many new guys do you think you're going to bring in? Because um, obviously, you, everybody loses some players for seniors and, and transfers. But what, what's it look like? What's the number look like for what you guys have coming in this year? For, you know, yeah. for next year, um, I would say it's our biggest class. But obviously, we had to recruit a full team our first year, so it doesn't right. top that. But yeah, that doesn't count. We We've got, I'd, I want to say, 10-plus right now ready to come in, and, and we're excited. We're excited about bringing in freshmen. When we started this thing, we had to go through the transfer portal and try and cut the line to get games played and experience and older guys, and now we want to develop from the front door and, and really build um, from first-year players, so we're excited about the guys we have coming in. We've also got some great freshmen and sophomores and, and juniors for that matter, so we get to develop and see kids grow, you know, like the step that Isaiah Fox or Josh Zary they've taken for us this year and a few other guys. It's been exciting to see actual development happen, you know, versus, um, and we take 30 of them, but, you know, the Anthony Vincent story, we, we definitely take a lot of his, but um, <laughs> it's, it's exciting to see freshmen come in and develop, and we've got a bunch coming in. Well, we'll talk about Josh a little bit. I mean, uh you know, last year in 28 games, he had 12 goals, and all of a sudden now in just about the same amount of time, he's, he's you know, up that by 50%. He's got a shot at 20, depending on the kind of weekend he has, um, and, and and just how much of a threat he's become, especially on the power play, where, you know, that's, you know, you're making teams pay for, for, for those mistakes, and that can only... You know, that obviously is is a big help as special teams making, you know, giving you guys more of a chance to win games. Yeah, I mean, he's he's been unbelievable for us. Our first year as a program, we played 13 games. We scored two power play goals, um, and we were 4%. So now I, I want to say we're in the top 10 or 15. and um, More so than that, it's just that we have a chance to score when we go out there. Uh, we've got five really good guys playing as a unit led by our quarterback up top, Kid Mason. But Josh is a face-off machine. You know, I think he's right around the top in college hockey. Um, and he is a tipping machine. So he's got a lot of his goals on the power play. In fact, when we recruited him and watched all his video, we actually didn't think he scored some of the goals because they were so uniquely tipped and deflected. Um, but now seeing it firsthand... He touches every puck that comes in from the point and redirects him. And he's got a great stick. He's hungry in front of the net. He's got a scoring touch. And, um, yeah, for for a player here to finish with near 20 goals is certainly impressive. He, he does it, it seems like, every night when we need him to. Um, and he's just a, a hockey junkie, a rink rat. His cousin, um, Connor, is, is one of the best uh, rookies in the NHL right now. So he's got hockey in his blood. Um, but you know, we're really excited about him and, and all he's been able to do here. 
And went from a minus to a plus player, too. So, I mean, it, that's getting it done on both ends. <laughs> For sure. Yeah, he's a key situation guy. You'll see him take a majority of our face-offs. Um, he, again, I think he's, you know, over 55, 56% and taken near the most in the country. So, a uh, key situation guy, a clutch player. And, again, it's exciting, you know, as a newer program to have sophomores and juniors that are, are really growing from within here. Brett, Paul asked you about guys coming in, and last year you and I sat in the hotel in Tempe, and um, you were taking phone call after phone call and trying to find spots and arrangements to get guys into uh, other professional leagues. Is that going to happen again uh, this weekend in Tempe? Yeah, that's that's always the exciting part of the year is honoring our guys that have given us so much, and we've got quite a few moving on to pro ranks. I think one has something set up in in uh, England actually a few here in the states so um, they have to figure out travel arrangements and, and things like that obviously they want to finish this weekend on a positive note and then I think we should have you know six to eight moving on to pro hockey hopefully at different levels and it's it's exciting to see the Anthony Vincents the Adam Goodsers uh, you know Vinnie Papura and what our guys are able to do in pro hockey now and uh, this class should be no different. You know, when I was out on the island uh, earlier this year and you showed us around the locker room and I was really impressed with what you've done and how have the guys taken to it? I'm sure you've even improved more now since I was there in uh, late September, but um, how are the guys taken to the locker room or do they feel like they're at home right now? Yeah, we've added kind of a kitchen area and a, and a lounge of like full time since I guess you guys have, since you've been in and um, you know, added some video features, video room and some new things. So our, our guys are excited. Um, it's an exciting time with all of the building we have. We've got a really supportive athletic director, young athletic director named Ryan Kelly here who's done a phenomenal job. We've got our strength coach, Scott Schultz, who's with us near full time. So he'll be traveling with us to Arizona. So just seeing not only enhancements, you know, through facilities, but also the people we have in our team is, is really exciting um, to see all the schools invested in resources and growth in different areas. And, and our guys, you know, they really feel cared for and respected and that they are, you know, a true division one athlete with all the resources they have to be successful. Uh, you, you mentioned Vinny Papora and I was going to bring him up in, 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 in the context of, you know, in this year you've had uh, Brandon Perone, who's giving you another outstanding season. You guys have uh, managed to come up with some some top-notch goaltending, uh, even from day one. Uh, you guys getting a little bit of a reputation for being like a goaltender factory? Um, that's that's good. We'll certainly take it. We've had, yeah, we've had some <laughs> great goaltending here, starting back to Garrett Metcalf, um, right. you know, who had played in the AHL and had career-ending injury this year, unfortunately, but a phenomenal kid and goalie. Um, to Chris Carlson year two, and then Vinny came in and six foot five, big blocking off-handed goalie who's had great success in the East Coast League. And it's funny, you know, Brandon may be six or seven inches smaller than Vinny, but he's, you know, put up very similar numbers. He now leads us in program wins and he can really handle the puck. And he's kind of like an extra defenseman the way he starts our breakout back there and um, has fun doing it. So, We've had a good stretch of goaltending, and we've got two other you know, good goalies on our roster, so we're excited. We've also, by playing the teams that we've seen from the Arizona States to the Quinnipiacs to the BCs, 
we've learned pretty quickly how important goaltending is. Um, if you don't have it, you're in trouble. So um, the schedule's taught us that lesson, and we've been fortunate with the guys we've had so far. Brett, we talked a lot about the independence, and like I said, I started a little firestorm because I simply asked, uh, I, I didn't even ask, I just made an observation on Twitter. I said, um, I see five teams with 20 or more wins. This is like three weeks ago. And I said, um, four of them are in the top nine in the pairwise, and one of them is 19th in the pairwise. And um, I know the pairwise, I know how it works, but I also understand that if you're going to grow the game of hockey, the independents um, need to have a voice, as I mentioned earlier. And you guys um, bond together. You play the best schedules that you can put together. And a lot of people responded to me, about 80,000, by the way. And, and they said, um, you know, the independents need to play tougher schedules. And I said, hey, listen, as an independent, you, you have to kind of pick and choose who you play. And, of course, you have to play other independents because – Otherwise, you won't have enough games to even qualify for the NCAA tournament. But um, your thoughts overall on the independence, and do you guys need a voice? I mean, I threw out this thought, Brett, and you tell me after you hear it what you think. I think what should happen to the independence is they should play a tournament the second week of March when everybody else is having their conference tournaments, and I think the winner of that tournament should get an auto bid into the tournament. Um, a lot of people hated me about it, but a lot of people liked it too. Well, I obvi uh, obviously I'll just start by saying I appreciate you know your backing of us and support, and I I think some people maybe hockey um, self proclaimed experts may have all the answers in terms of X and Y, but obviously we play who and when we can, and we'll play anyone. We've played club teams, we've played Division Two and Division Three teams, and we've played, I think, 16 games in the top 20 last year. So we'll, we'll just play. That's kind of been our mantra. Um, I think the teams in the independent body are as good as they've ever been. Like I've said to you in the past, Arizona State has laid a great foundation. It is certainly the gold standard, but the run Fairbanks had last year was nothing short of outstanding, and the, the team that they put on the ice is really good. Anchorage may be the most improved, and uh, a, a really good team. We had a really even series with them. Lindenwood, you know, has found ways to win big games this year. And, um, you know, Stonehill will continue to get better. So I think independent hockey is strong. Um, a lot of those teams are maybe ahead of where other teams are in certain leagues. And, you know, everyone's good in college hockey and be, can be good on any given night or any given year. And I think um, we could use a, a voice. I think each program is in its own situation of trying to find their own way right now. Um, but it's uh, a little bit of schedule who you can and when you can, and you kind of find out who a lot of the good guys in college hockey are that will schedule you and play you and give you those games. And so um, we, we've been fortunate to play a great schedule, and we're still working on it actively every year as we evaluate where we go in our future. Yeah, I couldn't. I couldn't agree with you more on that. Um, my thought on the whole on the whole thing is that um, every kid that kid uh, student athlete that that comes to play college, and I'm sure you see it, they all want a shot at winning a national championship. They don't come there just to say, "Hey, I, I play at NCAA hockey." They all want an opportunity and a chance. And my feeling is uh, everybody should be uh, afforded that opportunity. And just because you're an independent. I don't think you should be singled out and said, ah, you know, 
thanks for playing this season, but you guys aren't going to get a shot at uh, – because really, the pairwise is so far, and I call it old and archaic, and I don't think there's a way that you can successfully get into the conversation without nearly going perfect. And that's just unheard of in this day and age, right? Yeah, I think um, – I forget, but Fairbanks was something like 12-1 and one down the stretch or – a, a lot of wins and one loss, um, and they they couldn't get in. And obviously, Arizona State's won twenty plus games, so um, it's it's tough. It's a testament to how good and, and deep college hockey is. And hopefully, um, you know, each of us find our own solution or landing point in the near future here. Um, but yeah, we something like an end of season tournament or something like that is not is definitely not the worst idea. Um, we just have to figure out logistics of neutral site and X and Y and Z, but, um, we've evaluated everything each year as we build our schedule and, you know, we're just excited to hopefully keep building each year. Well, well if you need a commissioner, if you need to commissioner, Brett, you're our guy, yeah. throw, throw yeah. my name in the, in the ring. Cause I'm ready. <laughs> nice. Go ahead. Paul. Um, I, I, I know we're, we're, you know, I, I, I know we might be restricted on time a little bit, but. We've kind of asked coaches on and off the record here as as we've talked to them. Uh, is it time to uh, add at least four more teams to the NCAA tournament? Anywhere between um, four I, and eight. I mean, I would I would be all for it. I think that it would be fun. It would be exciting. It'd give more teams hope down the stretch. Obviously, we're still a little ways away, but we win two or three of these tight games that we're in, and next thing you know, the conversation changes. So. Um, you know, I obviously don't have um, much of a voice in this conversation, but I think that'd certainly be a cool idea to have more teams play and and uh, keep this keep hope and keep the season going for as many as possible. Well, you are entitled to your opinion. I mean, we, we you know you you have more of a voice than we do. So, um, but you know, like I said, different coaches have given us different thoughts, and so you know, we we try to be consistent in asking the question. Um, you know. Because obviously, uh, as as Scott you know says, we we try to give the independent teams a voice here, um, and you know over the last few years, those that would have definitely um, given those schools a chance. So I mean, and like Scott says, isn't that the idea? For sure, no that that would be great. Fairbanks obviously would have still been playing and I, I think they could have went on a serious run with the talent they had from the net out. Um, Arizona state obviously may be in a different position and probably have their season, you know, extended here and, and they could go on a run with the team and talent they have there. So uh, yeah, I think it would certainly be exciting and a really good idea. All right, coach, we'll let you go on this one. It's kind of a touchy topic and I don't expect you to, uh, to jump in with an opinion either side because uh, there's plenty of it. But what we saw the last minute 24 up in Fairbanks Friday night, um, I'll tell you what it did to me as a proponent of, of independent hockey and, and supporting independent teams. I kind of felt like, oh, my goodness, why did this have to happen? I, I'm carrying a flag for you guys, not just me, but multiple people. And um, you know what I'm talking about, a little incident coming out of the penalty box. And I'm going like, so I guess the question is simply this. Do you think that event um, put a black mark 
that's going to have to be raced at some point in time on the independent ranks? Or was that just two individuals that kind of went rogue? Yeah, I don't really, I don't really know because um, obviously I didn't follow the series that closely. But what I can say is obviously the teams played each other four consecutive games, or you know maybe Fairbanks had the one by when they played us, and then back to Arizona State. So when you play a team that many times, you know tensions could arise, I guess, and um, you know things transpired. But I, I don't have too much of opinion. Obviously, I, I have a tremendous respect for. Both programs, they've both given us fits and have, you know, great coaching staffs and, and really good players. So I think probably tension just boiled over. They've had probably pretty good rivalry and some really good games that I've followed or at least seen the last few years. So um, that may happen when you play each other, you know, three or four times, you know, in a row. Yeah, I think in Brett coming down the stretch, it was 1-1 with a minute 24 to go. So it was uh, an extremely competitive game. I guess my thought was uh, I put a lot of responsibility on the, the penalty box keepers, if you will, because um, you can't leave, you know, players know it. You can't leave the penalty box um, and you can't certainly go out there without a helmet and gloves. So uh, I think um, tightening up the penalty box um, referees, the off ice officials might be in order because uh, I just don't think that's a good look for college hockey. Yeah, we could, um, I guess we could settle on that in terms of, you know, having better security to monitor, monitor the guys. But, you know, we're just, I guess we watched the tape for other reasons to kind of get ready for Arizona State. And yeah, we get it. that was kind of an interesting turn of pre-scouting, <laughs> but um, you know, could could happen to anyone when you see each other X amount of times. And, um, yeah, you know, for like, us. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's, it's kind of like an NHL playoff series. For sure, for sure, and two really good teams, well-coached teams. They've had some battles, so th things happen, and um, you know, hopefully, we're not in that same situation this weekend. But you know, it'll be two hard hockey games. Coach, we always appreciate you coming on and spending some time with us. Safe travels out to Tempe. In uh, enjoy the warm weather. It's going to be kind of nice out there, I think, and um, we'll catch up again soon. Cool. Appreciate you guys having me on. Always a pleasure talking hockey here, and enjoy watching. Mr. Vincent, um, you know, and give him our regards. He's a treat to watch. I'm sure he'll run someone over or block a shot or uh, drive the net and take it out and maybe score a goal. So he's fun to watch and appreciate all you guys do for the game. Thanks, Coach. I'll, I'll send you a couple of photos, uh, Coach, if I nab a few. So, <laughs> Awesome. Great. All Thanks, right. guys. Yep. That's the head coach from Long Island University, Brett Riley, joining us. We always appreciate his time and all that he does as well for, for building the great game of hockey. Um, so candid. And uh, before we go to break, Paul, uh, let's just talk a little bit about the conversation because uh, he's such a great young mind. Sometimes I think people forget how young he is and how experienced he is. Um, well, he's been around the game all his life, literally. Yeah, yeah, literally. exactly. But, I mean, some people have been around the game all their life and they don't pick it up like this. I mean, well, he was, like, born to be a coach. Wasn't he? I mean, uh, everybody <laughs> else in his family is. <laughs> uh, but it's so much fun to get the perspective of, of how he brings it. And right. that's why I love having him on because he, he brings this, this enthusiasm, yet reality. I mean, he knows what his team is up against, and he knows right. what 
um, the scheduling is like, and he knows what it's like to be an independent and to play teams. And, and, and his best line that he gives us every time we have him on is we'll play anyone anywhere. And he's dead serious. It doesn't matter who, if you have time to schedule. So all these people that, that yap at you and I about, um, the independent schedules, Brett Riley is a perfect example of, Hey, we got to play when we can. And if that means, you know, these people that go, Oh, the schedule is soft for independence. Yeah. Ask them if it's soft when you got to go, you know, eight, 10 weeks in a row without a break. Yeah. Uh, Is that that soft? I mean, is that soft? You know, uh, you know, could, could that be soft next year? Who knows? But it's not likely because there's more talent available than there are lockers to play. And, Again, you know, uh, you know, like he said, they, you know, they, Boston College got a late goal. Uh, you know, and it was actually, you know, had to come from behind to beat LIU when they played earlier in the season, right? Uh, Colorado College, they went up to Ed Robeson Arena, and you know, again, CC had to come from behind and got an empty net goal. To, to you know, it was it was back and forth, one nothing, one one, two nothing, you know, so forth and so on. And they took an empty net goal to seal that game, right? You're, you're losing on the road to Omaha in overtime, two one goal games there. So uh, is that soft? Are you? I mean, that's that's ridiculous. The yeah. The reason why people are saying the ASU schedule is soft, well, because they a they want to, and b because they had home games. Yeah, and and again, I'll say it. If people owe you home games, are you going to turn away the gate uh, uh, revenue? You heard, right, you heard you heard the coach like yeah. Well, road games are great, but you know we're home games give us money. Yeah, we what don't spend to money. We get, we get money. Yeah. yeah. So I mean, stop it, people. Just stop it. You know, it is what it is. And how many times did coach just tell us uh, the parody has never been better? Uh, anybody can beat anybody on any given night. And, and, you know, if you're not seeing that, then A, you got blinders on or, uh, or B, you just are ignoring it because it, college hockey is really good. And again, I'm going to go back to my point. Uh, I think that every student athlete that comes onto a campus to play NCAA division one hockey should be given the opportunity to earn a spot to play for a national tournament. And you're not giving them a fair opportunity if you have a system that is so tilted the wrong way. I mean, when you post 21 or however many wins ASU is going to end up with, and they are not even going to get a sniff, and teams with more losses and fewer wins are getting in and getting their guys a chance to play uh, for a national championship, that's just wrong. I don't care how you put it. It's simply just wrong. And I don't know if or when it'll ever get fixed, but I know that we should keep the discussion up because if we don't, if we just let it go by the wayside, uh, these poor teams are going to get pushed down again. And I'm talking about Lindenwood. I'm talking about LIU. I'm talking about Stonehill, Anchorage, and Fairbanks. And, um, you know, I mean, anybody that wants to come on board, if you come on board as an independent, your opportunity to look you guys in the eye and say, hey, you know, short of going almost undefeated, you're not even going to get a chance. And I dare say, Paul, I dare say this. 
that if a independent went undefeated, I don't believe they'd get higher than 10th or 11th in the pairwise. Well, undefeated. I mean, I, what do you have is, to do? Math is hard. Math is hard. And I'm not <laughs> saying you're wrong. I'm just saying you're asking me to do math, and I don't, you know, that's, <laughs> I can't do that. I'm not asking you to do math. I'm just saying that based on what we're seeing right now. Well, yeah, I mean, if you can't get into the top 16 with the best win loss record in, or, or one of the best in all of the, NCAA hockey, then how high could you climb if you ran the table? And we know that nobody's running the table. I dare say this too. I don't think any team runs the table in college hockey, maybe ever again. Well, I mean, 25, five and one is probably about as close as you're going to see. Yeah. And that's five losses and a tie. That's five losses and a tie. And you're talking about a Boston college team that a just barely got by LAU for one. Yeah. Right. And, yeah. And, and you're talking about a Boston College team that is so stacked, so stacked. I mean, it's ridiculous. They they probably have more players with with NHL logos next to their name than they don't than players that don't. And I don't know how many of those players that don't are draft eligible for this year. Right. I yeah. Mean, yeah, I, I mean, that's just a good point, you know, um, and a bunch of those players with those logos next to their name have ones as the yeah. round they were picked in. Yeah. So, you know, so not, if they can't do it, who's going to do it? And you, know. you, you see what I'm saying, though, right? I mean, this is this is like an uphill battle that you never get to the top. You can't even get so. Again, in my opinion, one or two things should happen, maybe both. Uh, the independent should get a voice and get an opportunity to get one team minimum into the tournament through a, through however you want to do it. The top-ranked team independent in the pairwise or a playoff tournament or something, uh, that would be number one. And number two is I think you got to open up four more spots. And well, I think those two things would alleviate a lot of the stresses I'm using air quotes of the big boys that don't want to give up any room. Um, that think that their team should always be in no matter what. Um, well, again, right here. Hey guys, let's, let's do this because we want college hockey to grow. Yes. And, and we'd like to get more teams. So here's, here's again, here's the trade-off. The, we, 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 we open up four more spots in the, in the postseason. We give the highest ranked, you know, whatever, however you want to figure it out to get an independent team. Into you get the, the best in the, in, you get the yeah, best. However you want, whatever, team. however you want to quantify that. Yeah. But you, then, if somebody can figure that out, if, if that spot came open, I'd volunteer to step up and figure out a way well, to I'm get sure them in. You would. And, you and, then, and then the other leagues get three more bids. I mean, what the yes. heck else do you want? Exactly. Exactly. And if you, you, know, and, if you and obviously. Uh, Go ahead. And obviously, if 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 a season was w would have uh, one of the that independent team say in the top twenty already, or in the top eighteen, or you know whatever the cutoff line is, like it is now, based on you know conference AQs, 
whatever you know then then fine then you got four bid you know then you have other bid again you're still getting three more bids if you're the other leagues yeah i mean it seems like uh, i don't know what maybe four depending on where that independent team finished yep maybe so i mean i think i I think it's a win-win for everybody and uh if you're not looking at it from that perspective then i think you need to look at your perspective because i think you may be a little short-sighted you may be a little one-sided um dare i say you might have tunnel vision uh, wow. There's a number of different things that I could throw out there, but when I when I look at this picture as, of a whole, I am going like, you know what? Um, every student athlete that goes onto a campus to play NCAA Division One hockey deserves the opportunity on day one to at least get a shot. You know what? Um, Robert Morris didn't have a very good year coming back, but they got a shot, Paul. They're going to play in the tournament, right? Yep. They're going to play in the – they have the conference tournament, and if they go on and, a run and – And, and when we come run, back, when we come back to the break, you're going to tell us about that Atlanta Hockey Conference well, we tournament. We'll be right back. It's time to drop the puck on the nation's best college hockey conference. We bring you closer to the action all season long with access to exclusive on-demand content and more than 140 live games. Catch every big goal and clutch save when you can't be there. We have you covered here. Stream on your phone, computer, or straight to your TV and don't miss a moment from your favorite team. Subscribe now to watch the best in college hockey at nchc.tv. If it's nchc hockey, it's on nchc.tv. you talk about the best of Las Vegas, you're talking about the best of the best. So when you're at Jesse Ray's Barbecue and you're a three-time winner of the Best of Las Vegas Award, it speaks for itself. At 308 North Boulder Highway in Henderson, come and savor our People's Choice Award-winning barbecue ribs. Or maybe just come in and pick up a bottle of our best in Las Vegas barbecue sauce to take home. Open seven days a week. You can order online at jessieraysbarbecue.com. And for an occasion that will be remembered for a long time, call us for all of your catering projects at Jesse Ray's Barbecue today. Passion, talent, development. NCAA hockey offers all that and its players graduate at a 93% rate. Trevor Zegers. And they score on the lacrosse move. Stars on campus before the NHL stage. Whether you're a fan or a player, nothing compares to college hockey. Visit collegehockeyinc.com and follow at College Hockey. After a hard day at work or a long week, what's better than good comfort food to put you at ease? At the Spaghetti Shack, we say the answer is comfort food that's made by somebody else. The Spaghetti Shack has taken spaghetti and meatballs, the classic Italian comfort food, to a portable level. ASU alumni owned and operated the Spaghetti Shack has three locations. At 6340 South Rural Road in Tempe, the ASU location at 922 East Apache Road, and 952 West White Mountain Road in Pine Top. For lunch, dinner, or catering as well, Call us at 
687-2485 or order online at thespaghettishack.com. From the nchc.tv studios, this is ITHSW Podcasts, College Hockey, Coast to Coast. Indeed it is, College Hockey, Coast to Coast. And tonight, uh, Paul Hornstein and myself couldn't be um, closer to each coast. Uh, I'm about 100 feet from the Pacific Ocean in Carlsbad, California. Scott Strandy, that is. Paul Hornstein, what, about a mile? Um, yeah, from a mile the north. Is from, the estate is from the ocean? What a state. That, does it stretch the whole mile, or does it, the backyard stop at the gardens, the botanical, bug botanical garden? What a state. Who's, who, okay. Do you have another co-host that I don't know about? <laughs> Anyway, you know I always have fun with that. I, I can't I can't help it. Anyway. <laughs> okay. Uh, Atlanta Cocky knows their tournament pairings. They're ready to get right. started. And uh, let, let's hear about them. And again, right, this is what you're talking about. Now, Robert Morris and our buddy, you know, coached by our, our, our friend Derek Schooley. All right. Yeah, their first year back. All right. Now they open up next week. Against Bentley, the sixth seed, right? Niagara plays uh, Army. Uh, Canisius will play Mercyhurst, right? So, now, if you have, if you're Robert Morris, you don't have to go on a long winning streak, right? As a matter of fact, you could play, as long as, if, if you win on on Saturday night against Bentley, if you're two and two, you know, if you're, you know, you can, you know, and, and you don't have to win in two straight against Sacred Heart. You could win in two out of three. Yep. Right. So that's, that's, that's what? That's three and one. Right. And then go to the next round, the semifinals is also best two out of three. So that's five and, you know, that's five and two. You don't have to win every game. Exactly. You got to yeah, win the right need, game. You don't need a long winning streak. <laughs> No. Right? Again, I'm not looking for the best players. I'm looking for the right players. Nice one, Herb. Oh, uh, all right. So, you, but you have a shot. Like I said, you don't have to win six games in a row. Right? You can you can win, win a game, you know, take two out of three. Now, will you get tired if you got to play all those games? Probably. But, again, you still have a shot. Exactly. And the point being is every student athlete looks forward to getting that opportunity to play for a, as they like to say, the ship. They want to play for the championship. God, please don't say that. Stop that <laughs> nonsense. Oh, my God. <laughs> I didn't say anything about the Colorado College Tigers. Whatever. Jesus, stop it. Anyway. Um, so, anyway, if, you, uh, if, if you're a student athlete, why would you not be why would you be playing if you couldn't realistically have a shot at at least entering the tournament? Well, again, and that's what it is. You can't even enter as an independent. You can't even enter a tournament other than a, a mid-season or early season holiday type tournament. You you can't there is no tournament for you. Again, you know, I'm not going to um don't make me I'm not saying it. <laughs> uh, that's okay. I I say it enough for you. Just it's it. 
college hockey's got to figure this out. Yes. Yep. And and unless you just want to have fifty teams, if you're just happy right. with fifty teams, then, no, uh, not, then don't figure it out. You know, because it listen, not everybody is going to end up in the perfect scenario in the perfect spot, like Augustana. Yeah. Exactly. Okay. They just happen to be in the right spot at the right time. Oh, yeah. And by the way, they're coming in with a lot of cash, which I don't know if you knew this, Paul, but cash is really still king. Well, I don't doubt that. I mean, there's a lot of people that look at you differently with cash. Yeah, I know, we know that. So um, that's that's another thing that uh, Augustana, and I'm not begrudging them. I, no. I'm happy about that. That they have that ability. Same way with St. Thomas. I'm glad that they have that ability to have that built-in conference to eventually get in. I think they were wrong, too, because I think the NCAA should have woken up and said, you guys are, you know, you guys are ready now instead yeah, of I this agree. ridiculous four or five-year. It's just garbage. And it's not it's like, garbage. and again, their conference kicked them out. They didn't. Yeah. They didn't say, "Hey, we're gonna leave our league and we're gonna we're gonna jump to Division One." They got kicked out of their league, so they had a decision to make. Yeah, end it or go up. You know, either be I don't know, and you know, whatever. I don't know what other leagues are around there in Division Three or, or or what if there are a lot of independents but, at Division Three, but but they were already NCAA. Yeah. <laughs> and yet the NCAA is hypocritical enough to say, oh, because you're moving up, um, we're going to not let you play. You know, it, it's dumb. The, 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 it's not like the NCAA doesn't make it. Okay. Dumb decisions. Uh, wrap up the uh, Atlanta hockey pairings. Who, who's the first rounders? Uh, again, it's the 8-9 pairing is uh, Mercyhurst at Canisius. Uh the seven ten pairing is Army at Niagara. Uh, the six eleven is Bentley and Robert Morris. Um, the number one seed in that tournament is RIT Holy Cross two, Sacred Heart three. Our buddy the Czar, Frank Saratori and his Air Force Falcons, hosting AIC in a best two out of three. Not this weekend coming up, but the weekend after. Um, so, you know, goal number one accomplished for the Falcons. Yes. Right. Yep. And yep. They didn't have to battle their way into a home ice. They earned it. Yeah. You know, they, they, they got off to that really hot early start, uh, had some up and downs during the regular season here, but, uh, maintained it enough to, you know, get that home ice in the first round. With 44 points, two points ahead of AIC. And, uh, you know, good for them. I mean, it was a tight battle, right? I mean, they, they were, RIT had 54 points, but Holy Cross 46, Sacred Heart 45, and Air Force 44. AIC had 42. And by the way, Niagara and Bentley both had 41. So, um, again, we, 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 we chronicled it often. How the the battle for those home ice first round series, so those quarterfinal series, was 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 going to go down to the wire, and it did. Yep, absolutely. Okay, oh. let's quickly jump to the polls. But before we jump to the polls, I want to uh, 
give a shout out to uh, Jackson Blake, another really? player of the week honor in the NCHC. Jake Livanovich, another one from North Dakota. Jake's this time was for defenseman of the week, not the freshman of the nice. week, the defenseman of the week. So congratulations to those two. Simon Lacozzi, the uh, the goaltender of Paul Hornstein's heart, uh, wins the goaltender of the week. And uh, well, Paul, the there was a freshman goaltender that got the freshman of the week. That was who uh, was that? Well, now you got to make me look up uh, Isaac. <laughs> I think his name Isaac. Uh, yeah, Isaac Posh, a freshman goaltender for uh, Saint Cloud State from Sweden. Um, and I thought it was very interesting that he only had five games under his belt going into this weekend. Um. <laughs> That being thrown into the fire, maybe a little bit. Thrown into the fire there against uh, Western Michigan. Um, came up big. Came up big. I, now, I, I, you know, I can't sit here and tell you that I know why that decision was made. I don't. I, I don't want to speculate um, on what the story was with Dominic Bassey, who's played most of the season. Okay. Pretty impressive, though, for a freshman goaltender to come in under those circumstances and get it done um you know so it's just kind of a uh um like i said i don't want to sit here and and and, because you know who knows maybe he was sick maybe he was hurt who who the heck knows again i don't want to speculate on any of that but he had bass he had played 23 games and it's not like his numbers were awful no had a 9.01 save percentage so Uh, all right let's get to the uscho poll um, I want to do a couple of things on this poll tonight. Uh, you can look it up. Yeah, I said tonight. Tonight. Uh, uh, yeah. Uh, Boston College, number one. Let's talk about points because these are how they calculate it. 680 points for BC. Right. Boston University, BU, 646 points. Right. Uh, by the way, they have 25 and 22 wins respectively. North Dakota, 596 points with 22 wins. Denver got 559 points with uh, 21 wins. University of Wisconsin, 541 points with 24 wins. Michigan State. Are we looking at the same numbers here? I'm looking at the USCHO poll for today, February 26th. Uh, Are you looking at points and then first place votes? Uh, well, I don't see uh, updated different, right? Wisconsin, eight, uh, 24, updated. eight and two. I'll update right? it, but I don't think I'm just talking about anything. the. I'm just telling you that about the wins. I'm not talking about anything else. Yeah. 541 points with 24 wins. Michigan State's number six, 522 points with 21 I think wins. You're looking at the I, USA Hockey poll. Yes. You said USCHL. Oh, I'm well. It's on USCHO. It's USA Hockey no. and the Rink Live. Well, that's not on the USCHO USA uh, page. That's what I'm looking at on their website. Well, Give them credit. Anyway, this is USA Today poll. So anyway, uh, the point that I'm giving at is um, the top seven teams all have 20 or more wins, and they garnered 498 points. And this is going to make my point again. If you go all the way down to number 19, you find Arizona State. They have a 21, 7, and 6 mark. They got 61 points. If you look right below them, 
RIT, Rochester Institute of Technology, they got 46 points. They actually right. have one more win. They have 22 wins and uh, 10 losses, two ties. But the two teams that are 19th and 20th not only have as many wins as, you know, or right in there that should be top 10 teams, and not only is their record much better than the teams in front of them, but they, the polling is just ridiculous. 61 points for Arizona State, 46 for RIT. What are you people looking at? Because I see some teams with, you know, 18 wins, gaining 258 points, Colorado College, good job. St. Cloud State, 15, 10, and 5, got 260 points. They got nearly 200 points more than Arizona State and more than 200 points more than RIT in the voting. Uh, UMass, 17, 10, and 3, got 269 points. Western, 18, 11, and 1, 309 points. Am I making my point here that <laughs> not, it's talking? not only the pairwise, it's not only the pairwise, it's the people that are watching these games supposedly and putting their vote in. What are you watching? What are you watching is all I'm asking because this is ridiculous and it gets more and more ridiculous every weekend. And all they're doing now is holding out hope that, Brett Riley and his guys go in there and pull the uh, the big upset and sweep Arizona State, or that Arizona State goes to Anchorage and gets swept. That's what they're hoping for, well, because if if they don't, if ASU even comes up with a split both places and ends up with twenty three wins, you're looking like buffoons. Are you telling me that twenty three wins in college hockey in twenty twenty four? is not worthy of being higher than 19th. And by the way, Paul, if they split both these series, they'll probably drop below 20. Probably. In the probably. So they would have 23 wins. And I'm just saying splits. I'm not saying sweeps. If they split, they're going to fall that far down. It is absolutely ridiculous. It's ridiculous. And I don't know how many more times I got to make the point that a, you can't pick who you play and how they're, how your opponents are going to play during the year. You can only schedule. And you can if you're an independent, you can only schedule what you can schedule. It's not like you can go, oh, okay, uh, I want two at Wisconsin. I want two at Minnesota. I'd like two at North Dakota. No, it doesn't work that way. It doesn't? You have to pick, you have to pick teams that you can play that fit your schedule. And finally, I'm going to say this again for all those people that don't seem to get it. If you were running a business, and let's admit it, college hockey is a business. Yes. You are going to take the revenue over the non-revenue every time. Well, if somebody sure. says, I will come to you for a weekend series and you think you can draw upwards of 10,000 people for the weekend, you're taking that gate. Sorry, folks. You're taking the gate. And that should not be used against you, especially that you've earned your stripes for the past five years playing everybody on the road because you had to. So stop it. Just stop it. Well, Open your eyes. Look at it with realistic images and, and take it for what it is. I'm sorry if your team didn't win 22 or 23 games. Sorry about that. That happens. 
but you can't hold it against teams that did win that many. And clearly you are. The top seven in the in the polls and in the pairwise are all 22-win teams. The other two teams are at the end of it, 19 and 20. Again? You agree with me. I got it on tape. No. I'm just going <laughs> to sit here and say, as, as we look at all the people <laughs> that have... You know, been anti-independent, uh, especially anti-ASU. They all come from the same place. And then, you know, you, you look at every one of their quote-unquote profiles with all three of their followers, and they all come from the same place. Every one of them. Not arguing with you. Not going to okay. argue a bit. So... We know, you know, again, you know, they and can't I, help it if Merrimack and Northern didn't play up to expectations. Exactly. Um, and I'll preface this with tomorrow's show, and I think we can say this now. We have a couple of guests coming on tomorrow night, right? Well, maybe. Um, okay, well, we, fingers we, crossed. Well, because, you know, part of the issue is time zones. Yeah, okay. So we might have so, to push one of those guys off till Sunday. Okay. Well, either way, we'll uh, we'll get it in, and then I promise that'll be the last talk about this episode on Friday. But I, I'm going to say it one more time. And you sent me another clip today from Fairbanks, and I thought it was a really good job um, of providing the the final minute twenty four of this. And I've come to the conclusion, and you can call me wrong if I'm wrong, but well, I'll just call you when, wrong because it's I, I should because <laughs> it's fashionable. Well, it's usually <laughs> but right. if you're if you're hired to work a penalty box, I don't care if it's peewees on up. If you're hired to do that, your job and your only job is to maintain order in the penalty box. You cannot let a player that's been assessed a penalty come back onto the ice anyway, shape or form. Well, so let's 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 put it this way. And we've kind of said it, and, you know, we'll get, hopefully, perspectives here. Uh, like I said, uh, if we can't get it tomorrow, uh, hopefully on s Sunday should be. Um, but if you listened to, and I do listen to um, the USCHO podcasts regularly because I am very interested in not only what Derek Schooley has to say, but... You know, Ed Tresker's been around RIT for a long time, and, and it gets some institutional knowledge here from places we don't always get a chance to see and talk to. Um, the question is, why didn't those officials just throw everybody into the locker room? Why did they even bother putting them anywhere near the penalty box? Well, that's forget, another forget, good question. Forget, forget about, forget about every, you know, what the – with the man, the manpower situations. Why don't you just throw everybody, tell everybody to get the hell off the ice? You don't, how many, you need six guys to finish up the last 11 seconds. Yeah, I mean, I understand that completely, but I'm going to say it again. I've well, been around enough hockey in 50 answer. years. That fits no. into your answer. Well, yeah, it is, it is, but they didn't. For whatever reason, the officials on the ice. Well, that's what they said. They chose, that's what, that's they chose they not to send them. I know, 
but they chose not to do it. Why they chose not to do it, I don't know. But that does not excuse somebody who's running the penalty box and doing their one job. You got to do whatever. If you need help, you got to call for help. You got to call security people. You got to do whatever. If you say, hey, listen, and, and trust me, Dude, if I, those I, players, if those players had laid a hand on anybody in that penalty box, they would have been charged with assault. Well, I, so, again, I don't want to sit here and and take this out on 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 the penalty box officials. I don't want to do that. I'm not saying they don't have some culpability, but the fact of the matter is, why didn't the referees just throw these guys literally? Tell them to get off the ice and get into the locker room. I don't know. You'd have because to ask. If those are the guys that are running the game. Exactly. But they also have trust in their off-ice officials. I, I, I understand It's that. like you have trust with your scorekeeper and uh, the guys running the clock well, and the goal judges. I, they all have responsibilities. Uh, yeah, but I, again, they're not running. They're not in charge. I understand that. But you still... If the guys in charge say, I want them here for whatever reason, then you have a job to do. And if you can't do that job, then you need to get help. You need to summon the security guard. You need to do something. You need to lay down in front of the door. You need you need to do something to prevent it. They didn't do anything to prevent it. They let them open the doors themselves and go on the ice. And thankfully, thankfully, nobody was hurt. Because Harry, if one of those guys as, as, had hit their head and split their head open, or worse yet, gone unconscious, then what? Then how Harry, do you react? As Harry Truman said, the buck stops here. Talk to the guys with the orange armbands. No, yeah, I doubt it. It does not stop there. It it stops with the people that are doing their job. It's, they did yeah, not but, do their job. Period. And neither did neither did the guys with the with the with the black and white shirts. I know, but they did not let the players out onto the ice. No, they, they put, put them in the in box. Situation though, they put them in the box, and they were supposed to stay there. And again, I'm not just saying it's there; it's it's the penalty box people that are solely culpable for it because the players are too. And if you want to bring the on ice officials into it and say you should have done it differently, I'm sure they're being reviewed. But I'm just telling you, for the future, if you accept the position to work a penalty box. It's not a it's not a free pass to watch the game up close. You have a job to do. And trust me, I'm going to be at a game tomorrow night in the AHL and they take it very very seriously. Very seriously. So, you need to as the adult and the employed person in that box, you need to tell them the way it is. This is it. Sit down. You're not going out there until I say you go out there. And when you just stand there and let them basically open the door on their own and go, you created a sideshow that could have been a horrific sideshow. Thank God. Thank God nobody got hurt. Because if there was a serious injury, we'd be talking about a whole lot more than just a slap on the wrist. So if you're, if you're running, this is my word of advice for teams running games. If you're employing people to work a penalty box, you better know, and they better know what their responsibilities are, and they better do it. And I'm not saying if, if you can't do it and it gets out of hand, summons help. There's people all over. Usually in an arena, there's a security guard right next to the penalty box outside. That, outside would, that wouldn't help. They wouldn't have time. 
well, whatever. You got to do something to to make this make this better because it doesn't happen if the players stay in the box. The other stuff is just part of a frustrated team on the ice or teams on the ice. But coming out of the penalty box without a helmet, without gloves, you are creating a sideshow and you're saying, hey, look at me, everybody. And that there's no place for that in college hockey, period. End of discussion. All right, take it away. From the NCHC.TV studios, this has been College Hockey Coast to Coast, brought to you by Jesse Ray's Barbecue at 308 North Boulder Highway in Henderson, where our food can be summed up in one word, perfection. Liberty University, strengthen your faith and your game at the premier ACHA M1 program on the East Coast at liberty.edu. The Caesar Sportsbook app, a proud partner of the NHL. College Hockey, Inc., your NCAA hockey resource. The Spaghetti Shack, classic Italian comfort food quickly. Two locations in Tempe, one in Pine Top. Lunch, dinner, or your next catered event at thespaghettishack.com. Caesars Entertainment Resorts and Casinos worldwide. It's where the action is, from the Atlantic to the Pacific and around the world. And by FedEx, deliveries made easy no matter where you are. The official company, ice, the, the official delivery company of Ice Time Hockey West. Sorry about that, guys. College Hockey Coast to Coast and all of the Ice Time Hockey West podcasts are live every week on the Podbean app and available for download at your favorite podcast platform by searching and subscribing at ITHSW Podcasts, all one word. That's ITHSW Podcasts, all one word. If you like what you hear, tell a friend or leave a positive review. College Hockey Coast to Coast, part of the IcetimeHockeyWest.com network. Very well done, my friend. The final and word on this is I will give a uh, round of applause and a shout out to head coach Greg Powers from Arizona State. I have not seen or heard from Eric Largan at Fairbanks, but Coach Powers has taken disciplinary action against his player. Um, everybody knows who it is, so I don't think I need to shout the name out again. But um, that player has thus been suspended for not only the remainder of the games, but from all team activities for the rest of the season and will be reevaluated before re-entering the team uh, if that is uh, how things work out. So kudos to Coach Powers for doing that. That's a, that's a big step forward. I hope Coach Largan did the same thing because this has to come to an end. The next time it may not be um, it may not be as fortunate in the outcome. It may end up with somebody leaving on a stretcher. All right. I've said enough. Good night, everybody. Good night. <laughs> we'll say a little good night with Roger Klein, the pacemaker's uh, Hello New Day. Good night.